welcome to the CND Podcast. I'm Clinical Editor Christopher Stewart. Pre-reg pharmacists have almost reached the halfway point of the pre-registration year, and I wanted to find out how they should prepare for the 26-week appraisal, whether there is a need for a training plan, and what they should do if they're struggling with their pre-registration year. I spoke to Simon Harris, Head of Education and Training at Greenlight Campus, to get his take as pre-regs start to think about the second half of the year. What is the purpose of the 26-week appraisal? So I guess the purpose of the, the 26-week progress report is um, it was a halfway point in the pre-reg year and it's an opportunity for the pre-reg and their tutor to sit down and have um, a discussion about progress over the last three months um, and then also think about opportunities and an action plan for the next three months and what exactly they're going to do to continue developing the skills and knowledge and, and the behaviours that pre-regs need to be able to work independently as, as a pharmacist. Do you think there's any common problems um, pre-regs face at this point? Uh, commonly what I hear from pre-regs around week 26 is that they, they begin to think about the exam a lot more now. So we're in January, the, the exam is much more in their sight at the beginning of the year and people are starting to think about, I think more about balancing work with exam pressure and, and with revision and how do you make that how do you balance work with life how do you balance work and social life and revision it's very very tricky and it's even trickier for those pre-regs who have a long commute um, it can be quite a challenge to balance those three things together uh, one of the most important things throughout the whole pre-reg year i think is to have clear lines of communication between the pre-reg and their tutor uh, where they're regularly in touch with each other regularly giving feedback to each other about how things are going and having a plan in place to make sure that there are no surprises throughout the year. Should they be sort of revising and gearing up for that exam or should they be focusing on completing the performance standards? Um, yeah, it's sort of the million dollar question really is when do you start revising it? And I think the advice that I always give the pre-regs that I'm involved with at Greenlight is, I mean, primarily it's about the most important thing for me through the pre-reg is learning whilst you're at work. It's about learning from the working environment. It's about applying all that knowledge from the M-Farm degree to, to practice, to real life. And by doing that, by working with medicines every day um, in community, when giving emergency supplies, when entering CDs in the CD register, they're using their knowledge. They're using whether it's clinical knowledge, law and ethics, whether it's calculating doses. Every single day at work, pre-regs are using knowledge which they can then apply in the pre-reg exam. So revision at home does not need to mean reading a BNF. Revision at home does not mean, need to mean practicing calculations because every single day at work, whether it's seven, eight, nine hours a day, they're actually they're learning whilst they're at work. And then everyone revises in different ways. Everyone at this stage has done their informed degree. They've passed it successfully. So they'll have an idea of how they like to revise, how they like to study and how much time they need. What I would say is that the GPHC exam I think is different to most exams that they might have done in, during their M-Farm and it's, it's not something they can cram for. You can't take the last two weeks off before the exam and cram all that knowledge into their head. And people I do hear still still sometimes try and do that uns unsuccessfully um, often. So my advice there is, is it's all about planning ahead. Whether people need to start revising in January or February or March or April is really up to them and what they feel they're 
they need to do. Um, the important thing is to realize it's it's not about memorizing the BNF, it's about application of knowledge. And that's exactly what they say in the GPHC website where there are sample questions for paper one, paper two, and they can get a lot of guidance from the GPHC website on how to prepare for the exam. And one of the most important documents on that website when it comes to the exam is the exam framework. In terms of the performance standards, is there any you think that pre-regis tend to struggle with? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, so section B is the interpersonal skills section, and I, I find that sometimes pre-regis struggle with some of those, uh, in particular handling conflict appropriately um, and behaving assertively. Those are sometimes the performance standards where people can find that they're not, they're not in that opportunity um, or they, they avoid the conflict, perhaps. I certainly did when, when I was a pre-reg. Um, but also, but, but conflict can be an argument or a disagreement uh, with another member of staff. It's how do you have a, a conversation with someone that you're working with where you may have differing points of view and how do you have that in a professional way to avoid you know aggressive behaviour and certainly in a community pharmacy there can be high pressure times of the day when patients are more likely to be frustrated or be more demanding and it's how do you handle that and handling conflicts fits in quite well nicely with behaving assertively and and, and priorities need to understand the difference between assertiveness and aggressiveness and making sure that they're being assertive and not certainly not aggressive and then delegation is also one so B 2.7 is delegate tasks appropriately and sometimes priorities struggle with that and often that's because the other members of staff are often more experienced and older working in the pharmacy for longer and they're not really sure how to delegate so that's something else I, I hear pre-reg is struggling with. So obviously delegate works moving but can you get experience in assertiveness by sort of observing other members of the team whether that is your tutor or another pharmacist or even you know counter staff or dispensers? Definitely I mean I think Observing the other members of staff in the pharmacy is really important. How do they handle different situations? How does your tutor handle different situations? How do locum pharmacists handle situations? How do pharmacy technicians handle situations? I think watching what happens, watching people's body language, the words they use, the tone of voice, and how the other members of the pharmacy team are building relationships with, with patients is really important. It's something that a pre-reg is supposed to be learning through the pre-reg year. The pre-reg year is not just about, certainly not just about the exam. It's not just about clinical knowledge. It's, it's also about how you how do you talk to people how do you build relationships with patients how do you advise patients on their medicines how do you talk to other healthcare professionals how do you call up a gp and, and query a dose of a medicine there's a lot more to it and and that's the whole of section um section b really and the performance standards is are, are the interpersonal skills and how you manage these things so they can be challenging but that's why there's there's 12 months to achieve them all it's not the performance standards don't have to be achieved by you know, after six months or nine months, it's by week 52. So we're only halfway through that at the moment. What should their tutors be doing to help the, the pre-reg pharmacists? Obviously, they've been with them now for six months, so they know them, they're well-versed in how they behave and what their sort of aims are, so how should they be helping them? I think really what's important for tutors is to make sure they're meeting regularly with their pre-reg. And of course, they might be working with them every day, but that's different to sitting down and having a conversation where they can be honest with each other and they can reflect on what's going well and what they'd like to improve. And it's also useful to have an action plan. So what, what would they like to work on perhaps over the next four weeks? What are some of the areas they'd like to develop? And having that plan is really helpful. And I think it's important for tutors to ask for feedback on, on them as well. So saying to their pre-reg, is there anything I can do differently? Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything more you'd like me to do? Is there anything like you'd like me not to do? Because having these two-way, that, that two-way feedback mechanism can really help lead to a successful pre-reg year. So be, being available, having those 
feedback sessions and being available for support, I think, is really important. And also acknowledging that pre-regs are now beginning to think about the exam. So having a conversation about that and what support you can offer them just to help put the mind at rest that there is they do have time but now is now could be a good time to start that plan i was going to ask about what a student should do if they feel they aren't getting enough support but i might feed into their performance standard for assertiveness and asking <laughs> possibly possibly yeah, be more be more assertive with your tutor yeah. i guess is one thing yeah um i mean a tutor it has to be the first port of call for, for any issue really during pre-reg year of course what if the issue is with the tutor well depending on what organization they're working in there could be a pre-reg training manager um, or there may be someone else in the organisation that they can speak to. The thing I would say as well is that in, in any pharmacy environment, it's not just the pharmacist they can learn from. They can learn from all the different members of the pharmacy team. So asking for feedback as well from pharmacy technicians, dispensary assistants, uh, non-clinical staff, they can be getting a different perspective on, their, on the way that they work from all these different people in the pharmacy team. I think also pre-regs often compare themselves compare themselves to their their friends who are doing pre-reg. So, I often hear pre-regs saying, "How many performance standards have you had signed off?" And you know, how many I don't know, what opportunities are you getting, and why am I not getting this? And I think that's really unhelpful. Not everyone is everyone's doing their pre-reg in a different place. Everyone will have a different experience, and that's okay. It's not about comparing yourself to each other because everyone will progress at different paces, and that's also okay. So avoid avoid comparing yourself to to other pre-regs. You can't necessarily quantify your experience. Obviously, you can say with performance standards you can do, but that doesn't mean you've had less experience in your. Exactly. Well, also when it comes to signing off performance standards, it's a personal decision made by the tutor. So, and, and tutors may decide at different stages when to sign off performance standards. There's no set criteria for exactly when they should be signed off. So, you know, I, I might take a little bit longer to sign off some performance standards compared to other tutors and vice versa. So that's why it's just really not helpful comparing. The, the most important thing is that by the end of week 52, all 76 performance standards have been signed off. That is the goal. Whether they're all signed off in the first half of the year, the second half of the year, spread throughout the year, it doesn't really matter. If a pre-reg potentially finds have been lax in their first year, maybe they're focusing a lot on working and they haven't focused on the performance standards, their studies, or their creative development plan, should they be getting their act in the gear now? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, yes, absolutely, they should be. So I often hear that the first half of pre-reg, the first six months, people say to me, gosh, that went quickly, didn't that? That went really fast. And I always say to them, the second half goes so much faster. It goes so much faster the second half of the year than the first. So now is definitely the time to start planning ahead. A lot of pre-regs are also, in this time of year, thinking about cross-sector placement. So, you know, before you go into any experience like that, think what I want to get out of the opportunity, what I want to get out of this cross-sector placement. At the Week 26 Progress Report, it's a good opportunity to really think what I want to achieve in the next three months between now and between my Week 39 Progress Report. I suppose I'm mentioning planning quite a lot, and I think that is really important to make a successful pre-reg year. There'll be a training plan in place, so being familiar with that training plan, but also breaking that down into more more specific objectives that the pre-reg wants to achieve. And they can do that in combination with their tutor through a discussion. And I think that can help. So definitely, yeah, get get your act into, into gear now. Don't wait until it's too late. Right now, there's no time pressure. There's six months till the exam. There's seven months till the end of pre-reg. There's plenty of time to cover everything that they need to, but now's the time to plan. Obviously, it's up to the tutor to decide on the progress report on the halfway point for the pre-reg, but what happens 
if after when you have your meeting with your tutor and it turns out that he or she thinks that you've been unsatisfactory. So having a, an unsatisfactory progress report uh, is something that happens. I suppose the, the first thing I'd say is it shouldn't necessarily be a surprise to the pre-reg if they are unsatisfactory. And the reason it shouldn't be a surprise is because they should have been having regular conversations with their tutor and they should they should be aware that there's some deficiency in their in their performance. So it shouldn't be a surprise that they are unsatisfactory. What's important is that pre-reg understands why they're unsatisfactory, what it is they've, they've maybe done wrong or what behaviours they're not demonstrating or what skills they're not demonstrating and what it is they need to do differently. What, what is their tutor expecting of them? It's important that by the end of that meeting at the progress report, the pre-reg is clear on what they need to do next to turn around their performance. In terms of the sort of the paperwork side of things, if a pre-reg is unsatisfactory at week 26, they would need to inform the GPHC by sending off the progress report form to them. And there's there's no consequence of that. It's, there's no black mark against their name. Uh, it's just the GPHC will, will make, a, make a copy of that form. They'll record it. But that, that's all that happens. It doesn't affect their exam sitting. It doesn't affect their future career. It has no consequence like that. It's just recorded for information. And the period will then receive a letter from the GPHC to say, thank you for sending us your form. It's been, it's been noted, it's been documented, and that's all. When it comes to week 39, however, it's a bit different. An unsatisfactory progress report at week 39 means the period is not able to sit the exam at the next sitting. So at this point, week 26, if it is unsatisfactory, understand what's gone wrong, understand what they need to do differently and make a plan for achieving that. Obviously, we discussed that the first protocol tends to be the tutor for the pre-reg in terms of any need they have. But is there anywhere else they can go if they feel like they need advice? Yeah, I think there's lots of places. I mean, I think in an informal level, there's friends who are doing pre-reg, um, but there's also other staff in the pharmacy. I mentioned a little bit earlier talking to other staff. In the pharmacies where I work, there are there's, there's counter assistants, there's dispensary assistants, there's pharmacy technicians. Talking to them as well to find out what, what their perspective is on the pre-reg, I think is really important. And also to find out if they're struggling, ask, ask them for advice. Often the staff in the pharmacy have been working there for many years and they've experienced the comings and goings of many pre-regs. And so asking them for advice on what they can do and, and for any support can be helpful. Then there's the pre-reg training manager. Um, maybe in the organisation there could be a superintendent that they can talk to. And then, of course, if it's something they want to take externally, there's pharmacist support who are always available for pre-regs. And that can be due to feeling, feeling under pressure. It can be exam stress. It can be financial pressures, it can be housing pressures. Pharmacist support are also there to help pre-regs get through this tough time of year. Posters to exams, I tend to see more pre-regs on Twitter, on Facebook, on sort of social media channels discussing maybe calculations or issues they're having. Obviously there's benefits there, but there's also pitfalls to social media. There are, there are, if it's, if it's not used correctly. I, I think, um, I mean, I, I think pre-regs being the, the, the age and generation they are now tend to know a lot more about social media and some of the pitfalls and anyone can post information on social media whether they know what they're talking about or not so it's being using common sense when you're reading advice from people or whether it's attending a course or whether it's practicing a particular question that someone's posted you know who, who has posted that and is it someone reliable that they can be following? Um, but there's a lot of great benefits from social media. Uh, there's a lot of networking opportunities available, um, but also finding out about upcoming conferences. I think 
things like the BPSA conference I saw on Instagram over the last few days. That's coming up soon. Uh, there's the RPS conference, uh, Clinical Pharmacy Congress, the Pharmacy Show. There's all these different meetings and, and conferences that pre-regers can go to to learn more about a career in pharmacy, to network, to talk to other pre-regers, to talk to some of the leaders of the, the pharmacy profession, and to try and put together a, a sort of plan for their future. So I think be careful with social media, but I mean, certainly I, I use social media at, at Greenlight. We've, we've got a monthly um, calculations session that we run on the first Monday of every month on, on Twitter. Uh, and so we put out five calculation questions just to help people practice. Um, so there's, there are a lot of benefits out there, but just be careful where, what information are they, are they receiving and, and who does it come from? Obviously, they're halfway through their period. Should they be considering their career afterwards? I, th- I don't think there's any harm in thinking about careers afterwards um, time will go very quickly before they know it they'll have, have completed the exam hopefully passed the exam and looking at next steps networking talking to other people that work in the pharmacy talking to their friends and thinking about what sector they might like to go into they may be about to start a cross-sector experience and so having worked in other sectors they may then have a better idea of where they want to spend their first year as a pharmacist a lot of people locum as a pharmacist and so it might be talking to pre-reg before them in that pharmacy and to find out what did, what did they do next by the locum agencies they registered with. But getting to put a little bit of a plan together isn't a bad idea. But there is still a while to go. There's at least eight months, nine months until they're going to be working as a pharmacist. And there's a lot more, I guess, pressing issues in terms of performance standards uh, and then eventually revision for the exam to think about before worrying about that next move in terms of their career. But keeping in one ear up and one eye open to, to career next steps is never a bad idea. You mentioned there that some people might be splitting the pre-reg between different sectors. Do you have any advice for them? They may be moving from hospital to community or, or vice versa? I think there's lots of transferable skills between all the different sectors within pharmacy. And I, I think one of the things that certainly when, when hospital pre-regers come into our pharmacy and their experience, I'm always interested to chat to them about the processes that happen in hospital um, and learning more about what, it's, what happens upon discharge and how we can maybe streamline some of the, the systems and, and processes. And vice versa, I hope that when our community pre-regers go into hospital, they're talking about some of the challenges in community pharmacy and how we can work better together with hospital colleagues. And then there's a lot of split placements. So certainly we've got quite a few um, split pre-reg placements coming up next year where people will spend half their pre-reg in general practice and half of that in, in community pharmacy. So I think the skills are transferable. Talk to colleagues, find out what it's like in these other sectors, find out what the, the sort of key skills are when working in different set- settings and make the most of the opportunity. That was Simon Harris, Head of Education and Training at Greenline Campus, discussing pre-reg training and appraisals. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to follow us on iTunes or your preferred Android app. I'm Christopher Stewart. Thanks for listening.